Hey, thank you for listening to the podcast of Palmetto Baptist Church. We pray that as you listen to the following message today, that it will encourage you to continue to connect, grow, and serve in your relationship with God and with others. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 24. Luke 24. Two weeks ago, I started a series called Christ Life. It's a four-part series, so this is week three out of four. We're talking about Christ's life, living the life that Jesus meant for you to live. Luke chapter 14, beginning with verse 13. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here in these days? What things? About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning but didn't find his body. They came and told us they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us for it is nearly evening, the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. And then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, it is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. We're here on Easter Day, Resurrection Sunday, and I want to say that there has never lived a better person than Jesus Christ. Jesus' life and teaching provide the model for all of us to live. If you want to live a life that leads to people seeing love and mercy and grace and holiness in you, then look no further than the life of Jesus Christ. And that's what this series of messages is all about, Christ's life, living the life that Christ meant for you to live. And by Christ's life, what I mean is that we are to live a life following the life and teachings of Jesus. That's what the Christ life is. 
living a life that follows the life and teaching of Jesus. Now, uh, two weeks ago in our first uh, message in this series, in looking at the traits of Jesus, we said that the foundational trait of the Christ life is humility. Everything that Jesus did flowed out from his humility. Now, he was a God-man. He was the King of kings. He was the Lord of lords. He was the Savior of the universe. If anybody deserved not to have to be humble, it would be Jesus. He was worthy of being prideful if he wanted to, but yet this man who, who deserved to be prideful, deserved to be proud, deserved to be arrogant, was just the opposite. He was a man who founded his life on humility. Even though he had every reason to be prideful, he always chose not to be. Rather always preferring others before himself and refusing to take credit for the things that he could rightly have taken credit for. And since Jesus embraced a life of constant humility, certainly if we want to live the Christ life, it needs to be a life that is founded in humility. That was two weeks ago. Last week, we noted that Jesus was uh, a person who was in tune with what was most important in his life. And for Jesus, what was most important was his relationship with God the Father. He was in tune with God the Father. And he was in tune with God's purpose for him being here on earth to live and to die and to rise again. And he was also in tune with people. Jesus loved people, especially those that nobody else cared for, especially the outcast. So Jesus lived a life of humility, and if we want to live the Christ life, we must live lives of humility. And Jesus was in tune with what was important, and if we want to live the Christ life, then we too must live lives that focus accurately on what is important. This morning, I want to talk about what Jesus did with relation to making and keeping promises. I read this passage of Scripture because it is one where Jesus revealed to two unnamed disciples that everything in the Old Testament was a promise of what Jesus fulfilled. The Old Testament promised Jesus would come, and Jesus was the fulfillment of all those promises. Jesus coming to earth is the sign that God keeps His promises. So Jesus made promises. Now, we don't have time this morning to go through all the promises Jesus made and also all the ones that he kept, but I want to focus in on the most important promise Jesus ever made. And so I want you to look with me as we think about the most important promise Jesus ever made. In Matthew chapter 16 and verse 21, Matthew tells us from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hand of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. So here in Matthew chapter 16, verse 21, Jesus makes a promise to his disciples. He promises them that he will end up in Jerusalem, and that he will be arrested, and that he will be tried, and that he will be executed, crucified on the cross, but That three days days later, he would rise again. That's his promise to the disciples in Matthew chapter 16, verse 21. Matthew chapter 17, verse 22. When they came together in Galilee, he said to them, The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him. 
And on the third day, he will be raised to life. And the disciples were filled with grief. Again, Jesus is promising that he will go to Jerusalem. He will be tried. He will be killed. But he will be risen. In Matthew chapter 20, verse 17. Now, Jesus was going up to Jerusalem on the way. He took the 12 aside. And here's what he said to them. We're going up to Jerusalem. And the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and, he will, and will hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. But on the third day, he will be raised to life. Three times, Jesus makes the same promise. Now flip over to Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. Jesus then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Peter's getting tired of hearing the same promise over and over again. It'd be different if it was a promise that sounded good. The last part of it, being raised again, sounded good, but nothing else about it sounded good to Peter. And so he takes Jesus to the side and he rebukes him. That's Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 9, verses 30 and 31. They left that place and passed through Galilee. Jesus did not want anyone to know where they were because he was teaching his disciples. And he said to them, here it comes again. The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him. And after three days, he will rise. So again, for the fifth time in Matthew and Mark, Jesus is giving the same promise. Mark chapter 10, verses 32 and 33. They were on their way up to Jerusalem. Again, he took the 12 aside and told them what was going to happen to him. We're going to Jerusalem, he said. And the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. So there you have six different times that Jesus made the exact same promise. We're going to Jerusalem. They're going to arrest me. They're going to try me. They're going to uh, beat me and they're going to crucify me. But in three days, I will rise again. That's the most important promise Jesus ever made. And, and mind you, he made some very important promises. Jesus made promises. Now, the second thing I want you to note here is that Jesus kept the promises he made. Now, I just shared with you that the most important promise he made was that he would go to Jerusalem, be crucified, and on the third day, rise again. Well, on Good Friday, that first Good Friday, Jesus was crucified. They had the Lord's Supper on Thursday evening. On Friday, uh, Jesus was crucified on a cross. And before six o'clock on Friday afternoon, they took him down from the cross. He was dead and they carried him and they placed him in a tomb. And on Sunday morning, the first resurrection Sunday, here's what happened. We find it in Luke chapter 24, beginning with verse one. On the first day of the week, that would be Sunday. Very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered... They did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. 
Remember how he told you. In other words, remember the promises that he made to you while he was still with you in Galilee. When he said, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. And verse 8 says, then they remembered his words. Then they remembered that Jesus had made promises. And then they remembered that by being raised from the dead, Jesus was a keeper of his promises. And that's what I want to get over to you on this Resurrection Sunday. Jesus was a promise keeper. He made promises and he kept promises. And so the third thing that I want to get over to us today is this. If we want to live the Christ life, Not only do we need to live a life that is founded upon humility and one that is in tune with what is important, but third, if we want to live the Christ life, we need to be people who keep the promises we make to other people. You make promises, you keep promises. We are to be like Jesus. In Philippians chapter 2 verse 5, the Apostle Paul says, "...in your relationships with one another." have the same mindset as Jesus did, the same mindset as Christ Jesus. You and I are to live the Christ life. The Christ life is the life God meant for you and me to live. And it means being founded in humility. It means uh, keeping an eye on what is important and devoting our time to the things that are most important in life, in particular, our relationship with God and our love of other people. But it also means that we keep our promises. This is Easter Sunday. It is the greatest weekend of the year because on the first weekend, including Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday, the most important event in all of history took place. Jesus died for us, and Jesus rose from the dead. A crown of thorns placed on his head. He knew that he would soon be dead. He said, did you forget me, Father, did you? They nailed him to a wooden cross. Soon all the world would feel the loss of Christ the King before his hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah. He hung his head and prepared to die, then lifted his face up to the sky and said, I'm coming home now, Father, to you. A reed which held his final sip was gently lifted to his lips. He drank his last and gave his hallelujah. 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 They took from his head the thorny crown and wrapped him in a linen gown and laid him down to rest inside the tomb. 
the holes in his hands, his feet inside. Now in our hearts we know he died to save us from ourselves. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Three days went by, again they came to move the stone, to bless the slain with oil and spice anointing, alleluia. Oh, but as they went to move the stone, they saw that they were not alone, but Jesus Christ had risen, alleluia. Oh, alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we sing hallelujah to you because you are the Savior who kept your promise. You promised to go to Jerusalem. You promised that you would die in our place. And you promised that on Resurrection Sunday you would rise again. And you are the Savior who keeps your promises. And Lord, you promised to be with us through thick and thin. You promised to give us eternal life if we'll simply receive you as our Savior and Lord. You promise your presence. And Lord, we are so grateful that you are a promise-keeping Savior. Lord, I pray that on this Resurrection Sunday, if there is someone who has never invited you to be their Savior and Lord, that this would be the great day that they would come and say yes to you. Lord, may this be a, a day of true resurrection for someone in this place today. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Let's stand together and sing. Sing to the risen Savior.